1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it?
1: and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral. This is Packs What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney.
0: Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And we are sick and tired of talking about Packers losses on this show. Week 7, the Packers in Denver fall to the Broncos, 19-17. to 17. Perry... You make me feel better after a loss. How are you doing? (laughs) Uh,
1: Not great. It's not great, Bob. Um, I mean, I will say I predicted 20 to 17. Now, I thought it would be Packers, and I didn't think it would be that ugly. So, here we are. No, I'm taking no victory laps on this one. That was bad. I mean, that was like a big I don't even know where to start.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously a lot not going right for the Packers in this one. So let's maybe start with the offense in general and then we can flip to the defense, but I don't know about you. I thought that the first drive of the game, things were kind of clicking. It looked like they were in rhythm. It looked like they were going to march down the field. And then they had just two bananas penalties and not or not penalties. And it just stalled the whole drive. And after that, I was like, oh, great. It's going to be it's going to be that kind of game.
1: Yeah, that's kind of the, the thing with this team, right? Um, I just it feels like everything is very hard. Um, like it, just getting any yards is hard. Like every time I think that a drive is going well, I'm like, oh, they're only at midfield. I mean, they've only gone, like, 30 yards. Like, that's what it... That, it's just hard. And I, I've obviously slept on it, right? We're recording this Monday evening. So I've had a full almost 24 hours to think about this game and just, like, think about this team. And this is going to sound crazy, but I'm feeling less pessimistic, I guess, than I was feeling in my reaction after the game. And... Here's why. Regardless of what happens at the end of the season, like either things are gonna click, or they're gonna rebuild. Like it's just not—it's not going to be this forever.
0: So bad. <laughs> that's very optimistic of you Thanks. to look so far into the future. That's something. You is
1: better, better. You know, like, look, yeah. they're gonna figure out. Because I'm trying to think about like. Look, they're not a Super Bowl contender. They're probably not even a playoff contender. This is not, this is like, uh, we're hoping for a 500 end of the season with this team. So, what are you hoping for out of this season? You're hoping for, is Jordan Love your quarterback? Number one question. How do you answer that question? Does he have the pieces? How, yeah, does he have the pieces around him? to help you figure that out is an important question. Does he have the protection? Which I think is a really important question. Does he have the protection to help you figure that out? Does he have the play caller that's putting him in the position to help you figure that out? Those are the three for me, right? And this is a really young team. And I think you're getting a confluence of a lot of like issues and you brought up the first drive and I think there are a lot of drives right where you can point to and say oh let's just sew this team where even on the final drive where they're like oh they're driving they're gonna they're gonna you know the run game starts to work and AJ Dillon busts open you're like oh they're finally getting the run game going and then he runs into a brick wall and you're like okay well Second and 10, something like that, great. And then, you know, one of your best players, probably your only player that, like, you really can rely on, Nelton Elton Jenkins, terrible penalty in the wrong moment. Again, this team shooting itself in the foot, bad, backs you up. And then Jordan Love makes a terrible decision, trying to play hero ball, trying to put the team on his back, trying to do something that a veteran quarterback probably wouldn't do. Also, I think a bad call by Matt LaFleur trying to throw the ball down the field when all you needed was just like a, a chunk play to get to field goal range. Probably throwing it to a player in Samori Toure who shouldn't be getting the ball in that moment. Like, there's just a lot of things on, on these drives that you can point to. So, I – and again, like, it's a cop-out answer to say it's cut a little bit of everything – but it's just like a little bit of everything. It's like your young quarterback. And again, people I think on Twitter have been pointing out, Oh, he's in year four. Yeah, but he hasn't played. There's only so much that you can know if you've never played. Um, who has really young skilled players who, again, I think they should be improving. They are not. That is on the coach, right? But young players who are still making mistakes young players who are not probably doing their one 11th in hundred percent of their moments. You've got an O-line who is super banged up. You don't have your best five out there. He doesn't have the best protection. You can't run block. You haven't had Aaron Jones. I mean, it's just all these little things are getting like paper cutted to death. And the product on the field is a paper cutted mess.
0: Yeah, I said it on Packaday, and I think that you kind of alluded to it quite a bit, but this team is just not mature enough to handle those kind of self-inflicted wounds. When you have a veteran-led football team, you can kind of get away with some of those mistakes. A team that had, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams and Mercedes Lewis and guys that had been around the league for combined decades— they can come back from some of that adversity. Like if there's a, a false start or a holding penalty, they typically can respond to that a little bit better. And Aaron Jones said at his locker post game, like guys need to learn how to win. And at, by that same token, these young players need to learn how to bounce back quicker. And when you get into moments of adversity, like, you know, the Josh Myers false start that wasn't a false start that forces this team into a third and long where then they have to punt the ball instead of, you know, maybe settling for three points there. All of those things compounded make it really difficult for you to do everything that you want to do to evaluate your young quarterback, to evaluate your weapons. And I agree that the coaching needs to be better to an extent, but I also have a hard time giving Matt LaFleur a ton of blame. He should be putting his position, his players in better positions, but just like, the fact that we're going into week eight now after this game and guys are still like running the wrong routes and running into each other. Like how do you clean that up? Is that them making mental mistakes in the moment? Because Matt, like he is getting hotter and hotter on the sidelines each week and you can tell it's just building and building and building. And he said basically after the game, like they should know better, like they should know at this point what they're doing. So for everybody talking about his seat getting hot, I just don't see it at this point because it's really unfair to put some of those mistakes on him. Yeah,
1: I agree. Again, like, I don't think Matt Lafleur's seat is hot because I don't think he goes anywhere this season. Um, I think Andy made a good point. If you listened to Packaday last night where he was like, tell me what this offense is doing. Well, that Matt LaFleur as a play caller can use, can lean on. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's pulling up the his his play sheet. Like what what are you calling? Because the deep ball's not there and the screen isn't there and the run game isn't there. So the play action is not great. Although Jordan Love's been actually quite good on play action statistically speaking, but like you can't just like run play action for like a hundred percent of your
0: offense. And when now. Jordan Love like, does connect, it's a drop ball. You know, like or he throws yeah. the ball where a receiver should be and they're not. So it's just like
1: Like I said, it's a,
0: it's a paper cut to death that turns into
1: stalled drives. Now that being said, I, again, to your point, like we're going into week eight now and I don't, I am not go, I'm no longer using the, oh, it's a young team excuse for the product that I'm seeing on the field any longer. Like it's week eight, it's week eight, like grow up a little bit, um, this is a league where you do not get the benefit of making the same mistake twice because you will get replaced. So in an evaluation year for this team, except for like rookies and probably some second year players, everyone is being evaluated. And so if you are making those mistakes multiple times, if you are costing games, if you're pushing this team into third and long situations if you're pushing them into punting instead of field goals if that's if those are the the tiny things that don't look like they mean a lot but in the grand scheme of games take points off the board that's gonna mean a lot when it comes to decision making at the end of the season yeah and go ahead no yeah
0: so Andrew had a really good point to this last night on Packaday as, as well. We talked about this concept of a young team and you're exactly right. And you cannot keep using the excuse that this is a young football team because you know what other teams are really young, the Texans with CJ Stroud and Tank Dell and guys who have like risen to the occasion to kind of own their reputation. And yes, there are growing pains associated with all of these teams, but there are plenty of young teams around the league that are finding ways to be successful And that's what's so frustrating about this Packers team is that they repeatedly are finding ways, like you said, to self-inflict wounds that make them unsuccessful instead of finding their strengths and playing into those. And again, it's really hard to evaluate like it's everything right. It's not Jordan Love. It's not Matt LaFleur. It's not just the offensive line. It's not just the run game. It is all of these things compounded, which again, I mean. I don't know how many weeks we're going to go into this and say like the Packers defense held this team to X number of points. I
1: don't want to talk about the defense right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I think though, like at some point and I go back to this, it is, it is the coach though, because like he's the head chef. Right. And, and again, it could be that the guy who's going to pick your groceries is coming back with like, random ass groceries and as a head chef you're like i'm not really sure how i'm supposed to make something edible for these folks but i'm gonna do my darndest and that's the position that matt flurs in but right now i think this team has a lot of good talent and you've seen some flashes of it right it's somehow there's been like a regression (laughs) in the last six weeks of that talent and injuries have not helped I don't think we've mentioned yeah. that yet, but, like, injuries certainly have not helped. But, like, the young talent on this offense looks really fun. So, I'm looking at the head chef right now going, do you need, like, some salt and pepper? Or is this, like, you're just not seeing you're, – you're, you are you're need an extra burner? Or, like like, what is it that you need in this kitchen that you do not have Or are you just not that talented of a cook? You know, like that. that, those are the questions that I'm asking myself. And it's probably a combo. But at the same time, like maybe the ingredients are good enough and the chef just doesn't know how to mix them well. Or somebody else needs to come in. Or it's his sous chef. Maybe his sous chef was really good at one thing and now his sous chef is doing something different. And that one thing it was really good at is no longer good. And I'm using this analogy, I'm going too far. The point is, is that maybe Adam Stenovich got pulled out of the online line room and now the O-line suffering, right? I think there are certain like direct correlations that we can start making. I don't know if we can, we're guessing now. We're guessing after six weeks, we do not have a lot of data. We're reacting, we're, we're pure purely reacting. And I don't think anyone's gonna have any sense of what this really looks like or what this team really is until the end of the season. All I know is that right now, the product that's being put on the field is absolutely not up to par for what I think the talent level is of the players on this team. And I don't like, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, I actually don't like all the the bashing that Jordan Love is getting. I do not think that this has been on him now. Again, if someone is a film study, if Ben Fennel or JT O'Sullivan or someone wants to come in and correct me and tell me Jordan Love sucks, please come in and correct me. But I don't put last night's game on him, I don't think he things are being called to his skill set, his deep ball inaccuracy. Okay, put that on a shelf, but like he. Besides his last interception, I mean, he protected the football. He took things where they were. There wasn't a lot there. He leaned on the run game, as he should have with Aaron Jones. You can't do much when your guys aren't getting open, when they're whiffing on blocks, when your O-line can't protect you. So I don't know. I don't put this on love.
0: So I want I want to get your thoughts on this because everything we've said – up to like this entire episode you've said it's reactionary right we've given ourselves the position now to be able to react to what we're seeing and it's seven weeks into the NFL season we had different perceptions of what this team would be and could be in the offseason and in the preseason like we had expectations that are not being met so if we're not willing to call this like a, a young roster mistake if we're not I mean, they get some grace, but if we're not giving them, you know, this large helping of grace, do you think that this, the pieces are there for Jordan love to be fully successful? Because a lot of us were anti bringing in vet presence and things like that because we wanted to see what this young offense had. Mm. But are we sure that there's a wide receiver one on this roster in this locker room? Like these are all the questions that I'm now having Christian Watson, Amazing complimentary piece. Romeo Dobbs, probably a really, really solid wide receiver too. Jaden Reed, fantastic speedster slot player. Dontavian Wicks, really fun piece. Like all of these players have a trait that you really like. But are we sure that this offense is the ticket? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we all said we probably don't need vets. And now here we are saying, what would Jordan Love look like? Could we evaluate him better?
1: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, I had that exact same question last night, actually. Um, I think going into the season, it was fair to say, let's just see what these young guys got, you know? Um, because who knows? Maybe someone did rise to occasion, and then you're pointing to this going, awesome, look at them go. Um, to your question about Christian Watson dude, I don't know, man. I mean, he can't stay healthy long enough for us to know. And I am not feeling great about that injury. I, I mean, I am worried as all hell. We haven't heard anything. Um, do I feel differently about them bringing in a vet wide receiver right now? Yeah. Hell yeah. If that becomes an option, I'm in depending on who it is and how the, you know, the contract, etc. But if If that becomes an option, hell yeah. Because to my earlier point, goal number one, honestly, if there is only one thing you get out of this season, it is, is Jordan Love your guy?
0: It has to be that. It It can only be. be that.
1: Yes. So if that means getting Devontae Adams back and making this offense love to Adams, and I'm obviously being like slightly hyperbolic, but like, do it. Because that is the only thing that matters now. This team isn't good enough to make any kind of real push into anything. So all you need to do in this season is make sure your young talent that you have invested in your draft capital develops appropriately and properly. And figure out what you have in Jordan Love.
0: That's it. And I think that is why all of this becomes incredibly tricky, right? Because at this point, if the Packers don't think that this roster that they have, at least in the next couple seasons, can be at the upper echelon of success, you have to be sellers. So it's really hard now with the limited capital that they have to say, hey, Goody, you have handpicked all of these people to be on your roster can you go spend some money on a vet who we're hoping doesn't have to play in a year? Like that's where it all becomes so tricky when you are a general manager and you're making these decisions, because if I'm Matt LaFleur, I absolutely want that. But if I'm Brian Gutekunst, I'm saying no, because we have to invest our resources elsewhere. So I think that's also not helping your young quarterback because there's just, there's no way to truly know what you have, but I'm not sure how much, any that would be able to come in and make that much of an impact to truly be able to evaluate love more effectively in the the latter half of the season. Do you know
1: what I mean? I I quite frankly think that it maybe doesn't even now that we're talking about this out loud, like, does it need to be a wide receiver? Can it be a left tackle? Like go get a left tackle, man. Like do something. I I don't know if it actually really needs to be a skill position player. Um, Maybe it's just some kind of investment in a premium position on offense because Rashid Walker is not doing the job. Whatever they're doing on offensive line isn't doing the job. I mean, I watched video after video today of film, people posting film on Twitter of offensive line. I mean, people, guys falling down, guys getting double teamed, not knowing where they're going, whiffing on blocks, falling into their own... Players, you know, running into running backs. I think there was a play where Jordan Love, it was maybe a QB keep, or he decided to keep the ball and he literally had to leap over his own lineman.
0: Yep. Yep. Yep.
1: And I remember being like, bro, I mean, come, what are we doing here? So, go ahead. So, if it's not a wide receiver, I mean, that like it could be another position on the offense that keeps Jordan love upright.
0: Well, and I mean, I think part of it too, is if you're not willing to spend the money, or if you don't feel that you have the capital to do something like that, then you have to start experimenting with the guys you have. If you're not wholeheartedly convinced that this five is the exact perfect lineup. Like you never wish injuries on anyone, obviously, but when Josh Myers left the game, everyone was like, okay, great. Now you get to see Zach Tom at center. Maybe he's, a solution He looks really good at right tackle. Do you want to move him from center? But you have to start experimenting with pieces. If Yash looked really good at right tackle in however many snaps he got, maybe then you try him at left tackle. Like you have to start, yeah, experimenting a little bit with the pieces that you have because we've seen like the Broncos defensive line is not great. They're the 32nd ranked run defense in the league, averaging 5.9 yards a carry, and they were still getting into the backfield repeatedly. For no gain or loss of a couple yards with this Packers offense. And that's just unacceptable for, again, a young quarterback in an offense that's already going through growing pains. And if you're putting your quarterback and your young offense in repeated first and 10, second and 12, third and eights, instead of putting them in positions to even remotely try to be successful, of course teams don't respect the deep ball. You know, like why would they have to respect the deep ball when the Packers haven't shown that they're taking shots or I think that's another thing too. And I I want your thoughts on this. Matt LaFleur has been so conservative in the stuff that he's calling. And it just feels like there's a a lack of trust and it's hard to trust guys when they're always in the wrong spot. So I understand it to an extent, but at some point you're constantly playing from behind, take some shots. Like you haven't scored points in the first half in how many weeks. Here's my thing too, about the shots
1: because I agree with you with the conservative play calling and I agree with you with the trust. Now, I'm going to say two things. One is there's something about trying to get some, like, quick throws off just to, like, build momentum. And then there's just not letting Jordan Love throw past, like, five yards, right? Right. And then there's the type of shots. Because the type of shots – and this was the thing with Aaron Rodgers, and I always thought it was maybe an Aaron Rodgers thing and not a Matt LaFleur thing. And now I'm starting to question this, which is it's the type of shots. It's the – 50 50 ball let your guy go up and get it along the sideline Just the arm punt they're not working and you and I were talking about this during the game when they hit the middle of the field they hit the middle of the field like the deep shots the seam routes the attacking the middle of the field it works and it feels really comfortable for Jordan Love like it feels like a an area where he actually like feels good now I don't know if it's comfortable for his receivers or his tight ends. That's the question here. However, I would counter you if it's comfortable for your young quarterback. You make it comfortable for his pass catchers. I don't care. I don't care. You run that shit in practice over and over and over You have a tight end that's, what, 6'5 and runs like a 4'3. Like, you hit that in practice all day long because your quarterback likes it and he's good at it. What was it the biggest catch of the day was to wicks across the middle of the field. The deep shots don't need to be these 60, 50, 40-yard bombs to the boundary. These guys aren't bodying. They're not winning at the catch point. He's under-throwing them, quite frankly, They're just not connecting. So if it's not there yet, choose a different version of the deep ball. You can gain explosive plays without it being those kinds of shot plays.
0: Well, look at, I mean, going back to week one with Aaron Jones, he had a mass mismatch against a linebacker and he scored a touchdown. Like that's what this offense needs to do. It's chess. You know, you have to see what kind of personnel the defense is in and exploit it. And Unfortunately, you know, a lot of that can probably go back to just the, the inexperience of these players, but a lot of them aren't understanding their specific role. And, you know, we, we saw Christian Watson talk about it last week where he should have at least contested the catch in the end zone against the Raiders instead of, you know, like these are all things that veteran receivers would understand how many times did we see like Devante just kind of like put an arm up. And even if he knew he wasn't going to catch it, it's like a volleyball drill. Like you just tip it, you know, you just have to get it away from the DB.
1: And this is what I mean when I said at the beginning that like, I do feel like at some point, at least I hope things will start to click. Right. Those yeah. are, those are the little things that they, you hope, will learn. And over the course of this season, these paper cutty type moments where you're just like, uh, will hopefully again, caveat, hopefully start to go away because those things will start to click. And again, if they don't start to click, you would hope again that this team reduces snap counts to the players that aren't developing right in that way. And is they're rewarding the players who are developing the right way. Um, But the, my fear right now is that I actually haven't seen a whole lot of development from these young guys and it's almost November and that's concerning to me. And once again, I have faith in Matt LaFleur. Like I think he's, he has given, like I have the benefit. He has my benefit of the doubt at the moment, but again, like there's more to coaching than play calling and the development of your guys, especially on this offense that that's on the coach and so the lack of development right now that's that's concerning to me.
0: Yeah, so so really quickly because we do have to talk about the defense eventually. I just like want you
1: know.
0: <laughs> I just want your your quick thoughts on this. The Packers haven't scored in the first half I think since week 2. And we are now going to be entering week 8 when the Packers kick off against the Vikings on Sunday at noon. What do you is it the scripted plays? What does this offense need to do? to put up points in the first half because they come out in the second half and they rally and they've been in what three four of their last games where it's like hey they might be able to do this things are clicking things are cohesive how can it what is all of a sudden you know they come out of the locker at halftime and they're like oh shoot we forgot that the first 30 minutes happened like what can be done by the players the coaching staff whatever to get this team in rhythm early because I don't understand why it takes 30 minutes of game time to all of a sudden have things start clicking. Is it the 15-play script? I... I don't know.
1: I don't know. I, know. I mean...
0: I know. I wasn't really hoping you had an answer because if you did, you'd be making a hell of a lot more money in a front office and not on. packs what she said, but...
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean... Well, like... If your scripted stuff isn't working, which it clearly isn't in the first half, like, y'all got a problem. So,
0: I don't know, man. Well, yeah, is it a bad script? Like, are you not game planning the right way for the opposing defense? I mean, these are bad teams. Right. And
1: you had lots of time. I don't know. Maybe they just need to play better teams so
0: they can play up to their opponents. I don't know. Let's, Let's see. Let's see how that works in the coming weeks because it, mm. it truly cannot get worse. Well, it can, but no, it can. <laughs> it <laughs> All right, can. But there, let's talk about the defense because again, they I gave like up 19 that. points and yes, three of those points happened at an inopportune time, you know, to to give the Broncos the lead, but one touchdown. So, uh, under 20 points, Matt LaFleur always says, you know, it's one of his coachisms. If you can hold opposing offenses to under 20, you expect to win those football games. So
1: what are your thoughts? Here's the thing. Just because the offense is playing abysmally does not mean, and the defense is playing quote unquote better than them, does not mean the defense is playing There's well. a
0: low bar to be better than the No, no, no. Offense. I want to be
1: very clear here. This defense is not playing well. Like, they are not giving up a lot of points because they're playing bad teams. That's it. The Broncos rushed for 145 yards. The Broncos are bad. Three runs of 20 plus yards. The Packers only got one sack. What did we say going into this game? Isn't Russell Wilson one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league right now? They only got three QB hits on him. No pass breakups, only three tackles for losses, no takeaways. Against one of the worst offenses in the league. And then you just like give them three points before the half, which basically loses you the game in the grand scheme of things. Or you can look at Anders missing the, the, the field goal, but no, 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 no. Four trips to the red zone? no. I'm sorry, no, they do not get a pass. And now I understand that Jair is hurt and then you lose Wyatt and then you lose Savage and Stokes doesn't really play, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't care. I don't care. I'm done with the, the platitudes. Like I'm done. If Joe Barry is not gone at the end of this season, I will riot, I will go scorched earth. Like this is the worst team, the worst team. You should be shutting teams like this out with the amount of talent you have on that side of the ball. And Joe Barry just throws them three points. Like I am so done with it. And you're yeah. going to ignore and it's going to get ignored because the offense is playing worse.
0: I I truly think and it doesn't excuse what we're seeing on the field this season. But I truly think it was a situation where Joe Barry had a three-year deal and the Packers historically do not move on from coaches. Like the McCarthy thing was insane for that to happen in season. I think this is a Joe Barry contract that expires in January. And when it expires, he will just quietly be thanked for his service. And he, you know, they'll have a statement about it and the Packers will get a new defensive coordinator. But the problem with operating that way is that you miss out once again on the evaluation of a lot of these players that you have to make decisions on darnell savage rudy ford Keyshawn nixon there's a ton of guys on defense that won't be back next season and the whatever you however you feel about the packers window right if you think it starts next year if you think it starts in a couple of years like or Sean gary about to get paid jay alexander paid like there's a lot of really good players on this football team. Quay Walker in a couple of years, going to need to get paid. Like you have to put these players in positions to be successful now. And that's just, that's just not happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I mean, Lucas Van Ness only played 16 snaps with all your injuries. Why? We're talking about evaluation. We're talking about development. This goes for both sides of the ball, not just offense. Why? I just, it's so disappointing. And like, Yeah. In a vacuum, you can say 19 points, good performance, fine, only 145 yards on the ground, not bad, one touchdown, not bad. bad, right? Like statistically speaking, yeah, we can look at it, but no, because you can't look at things in a vacuum. And sure, it's hard to evaluate a defense when they're not playing, you know, they're not given the complimentary football from your offense. And like, yes, holding them any team to 19 is great, etc. cetera. But this wasn't – one of those should have been a touchdown and the Broncos just had a bad penalty. And that's why it was a field goal. You know what I mean? This could have been out of hand way earlier. And it was, wasn't was anything that the Packers' defense did. Right. Same with the Saints game. Like, we, we, we were at that game and it was fun. And it was awesome when they missed that field goal. But Joe Barry still – Joe Barry's defense still <laughs> marked right march. down the field. Yep. You know, so – no, I'm not going to let this defense slide on anything. This is a talented roster full of freak athletes who have time and again shown that they have some major moments. I mean, from a pass rush standpoint, even from the secondary, and yeah, a lot of injuries. I mean, it's really, really hard to overcome a lot of injuries. And you want to talk about veterans doing veteran things Russell Wilson did a veteran move and picked on Carrington Valentine. And guess what? It was smart as hell. And I hate Russell Wilson with a burning, <laughs> fiery passion in the from the depths of my soul. But yeah, he did what I would have wanted my quarterback to do, which was pick on the seventh round rookie who was starting for Jair Alexander, who got and, no help. Yeah. Or when and we he can- get help, it was from Jonathan Owens.
0: Right. And that's, that's part of it. We keep talking about how Joe Barry, Mike Patton, like a lot of these coordinators play a certain style of defense and it's to keep everything in front of you and you bend, don't break. And if you give up three points, you've got Aaron Rodgers on the other side. Like this doesn't work with this young offense and it didn't work the last couple seasons with a four-time MVP quarterback either. So it, it just, there can't be any more excuses. And if you thought Joe Barry coming back was the right move for this season, like, sure. You've already got enough, like, young talent. You maybe don't want to muddy the waters too much. Like, you want consistency. You want cohesion. But, no. Couldn't be it's- me. <laughs> Could not be me. I want
1: someone. I bring in something totally different. I mean, opposite. like, my dad. I was talking to my dad about this last night because my dad is, like, so- Oh, beyond over it and he thinks that no good teams like every good defense is a 4-3 and that's not just, just not what the Packers play yeah. you would have to literally like philosophically change this entire defense and uh, quite frankly I'm cool with it like I think whatever they have they're the pieces doing, to
0: do that. They
1: have the pieces to do it. And I would be hard pressed to find a player who wouldn't be cool with it either. Because I cannot imagine that these dudes aren't pissed off all the time with the way that they're playing. I see them, and you saw it last season too. They're mad. I mean, big mad because they know they're better than this, also.
0: Yeah, I think it was tim jenkins maybe but just some of the screenshots from the goal line you know where you had mentioned it already the broncos scored a rushing touchdown and then there was a penalty so they had to settle for three like just the the personnel that joe barry trots out like why do you have two defensive linemen at like the two yard line you know they're gonna run the ball why are you in the lightest possible box like why would you possibly trot out dime when you're inside the five, what possibly could you be hoping to achieve in that moment? I don't know. Because once again,
1: say you load the box and they throw the ball.
0: Let your corners play, man. Which literally let your corners play. Do great, but you know.
1: No, but like even still, I would rather put my corners in that position. Because yeah,
0: let them do what they do best. Let
1: them do what they do. Push your front, get pressure. Russell Wilson passes prime. You got up against Jimmy G last time like the, with the Raiders. You think that boy's going to throw that pass accurately? And you had Jair in that game? Make them throw the ball. You kind to call yourself a passing defense, but you don't make them throw the ball.
0: And if you're not going to, generate pressure with your defensive line why draft Devonte wyatt like why are you drafting defensive linemen if you're gonna have two linemen on the field in the red zone like it then then draft like seven corners all in like <laughs> just yeah. something different
1: i mean you have all the corners so it's- here's i guess our question for the preview show what do you do with all the corners now we have our answer but they won't do it And they don't play man. Just like the scheme consistently. And we've been saying this for years. We've been saying this ever since you and I started the show. (laughs) We're going on, what, season four together? (laughs) We've gone through two defensive coordinators together. (laughs) The scheme has yet to fit with the talent of the personnel. There is such a discrepancy between defensive coordinator and Brian Brian Gudkinst.
0: It's a square like, peg round hole. Yes,
1: like, 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 Ryan and whoever else is hiring, like, I don't know what conversations you are having when you are hiring your defensive coordinator, but, like, do you want me to write write up the interview for you? Like, for real. Like, you are asking the wrong questions. Or y'all are lying to each other. I, I don't know. Like, if all of us watching this team are seeing the talent that this defense has. And I'm not just talking Packers fans. Like I, you listen to anybody around the league, like Mina, anyone on ESPN, NFL network, we all see the talent. Why can't the defensive coordinator do with it? And look, we're bashing on Joe Barry a little bit. Obviously this is also about execution, right? And not always is, are things executed properly, right?
0: Right. Right, Joe Barry's not missing tackles. That's not him doing that. Yeah,
1: we we have not mentioned the fact that like the Packers cannot wrap a tackle at first contact if their life depended on it. Way
0: Walker became a human cape yesterday, like a full human cape. (laughs) And that player still got an extra what 10 yards after contact? Like
1: I mean, there are there are plenty of executional issues. But I think it just still go if like if the scheme don't fit
0: it ain't it it ain't it it's all going <laughs> to fall apart do we want to give away game balls and do all that nonsense or should we just should we just wrap this up and say like be better packers be better
1: does anybody deserve a game ball
0: i got nothing okay stock down literally everyone yeah. Um,
1: I guess the only game ball I would give to Zach Tom, maybe yeah, zero KB hit his cloud, zero
0: sacks. I thought AJ Dillon, honestly, the last couple yeah. weeks has really looked good. He had that explosive, like, you know, broken tackle that he um picked up like an extra 15, 20 yards on. It's it's nice to see Aaron Jones out there. I hope that his you know touches trend upward again. Hopefully they were just resting him for a division game, but Yeah,
1: that matters. (laughs) Favorite play: Uh, Donte'via Wicks throwing to Aaron Jones. That
0: was wild. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't want to see trick plays unless the Packers are up three scores, respectfully.
0: I would like to see Rasheed Walker throw a touchdown to Jordan Love. I just want to see touchdowns.
1: I don't care who they come from or to whom. I just want to see touchdowns.
0: Honestly, I want to see Rashid Walker as like a sixth lineman. And and I want to see like Yash or somebody else. I just want to see them experiment on the offensive line. I really want to see who else they've got. Even like Sean Ryan was getting snaps at center in the offseason. Like do something.
1: Honestly, I don't think they have a choice anymore. They have to. I, it's almost malpractice at this point if they don't at least try something new. And that's the other thing, and, and we can probably wrap here because we're we're going long. Injuries plague every team, but when the injury bug hits a young team in their most important and their only vet, I mean, truly their only vet on offense, in David Bakhtiari, that hits that hurts extra. Um. And I, and I don't mean this as any kind of slight to David, like, at all, because I know he wants to be out there for sure. But, like, his importance besides him being one of the best left tackles in the league is so far greater than just his, like, play, play skill, you know, like what he brings in knowledge and that presence and football IQ and just like that side of the ball, besides Aaron Jones, they don't have anybody that who's been around that long. They needed him for that. They need him. So it sucks just like on all accounts just sucks. I miss David.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't really know what else there is to say. I think the Packers, you know, they're at the point where you can't have excuses anymore for a young team. You can't use the injuries excuse. Like all of those things obviously make it more challenging to be successful, but you can't come away from this season, whatever the record is without a true assessment of if your quarterback can be the guy. And I'm yeah. afraid that we are entering week eight and we still have no idea if Jordan Love can be the guy. He's None. shown flashes that he absolutely can be, and he's shown flashes that would indicate that you do not want him to be. And that's tough. Yeah. So I think I think that's a good place to wrap it. We'll be back obviously later this week with the Packers Vikings preview show. Packers will host the Vikings at Lambeau Fields, finally coming back home. Been a long time since they've been at Lambeau Field since September twenty fourth, which coincidentally, no, they, they hosted the Lions at home, but still September twenty eighth. Last time they were home September 24th, the last time they got a win. So if you're listening to this on October 24th, the one calendar month it has been since the Packers have won a football game. Hopefully that changes next week. We'll talk about why it can and why it might not later this week, but that is all the time, of course, that we have for today's show. Thank you as always for listening. You Find the podcast on Twitter at PWSS podcast and on social media at packs. What she said, if you're following along on YouTube and watching, thank you so much. Please subscribe. If you have not already, we really appreciate all of you that have found us through YouTube, as well as, of course, through Twitter and other social media. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. Uh, make sure you're downloading the episodes each week. It helps us out if you listen in the audio format. And yeah, hopefully we uh, see some better football in week eight. Go paco. Go. go paco.